Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Nice to be back with you this afternoon and a big thank you to Deirdre Hurley who looked after the shop for the last couple of days with our Louise and uh, really for Deirdre, it's just like coming back home, isn't it Louise? It is. It was, yeah. Ah, She's just slotted right in. Yeah, as if she were never Mm -hmm. away. Thank you, Dee. Really, really uh, appreciated. I was away because, you see, I was over watching the Gunners on Wednesday night play in the Champions League against Seville with my good friend Joe Grennan and Louise we had a great old trip honest to God it was just an arsenal did you do the chance which did you do the chance yeah yeah. do you know where I was I was in the clock end with the rowdies (laughs) 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 these gangy young fellas in front of us going mad and us fellas of a a young in mind age going mad too going mad too yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely but it was great it's a great occasion a Champions League game stadium sold out and everything around it was wonderful and as I said the result was great we met three guys from Iceland uh, before the game we were at a, in a pub at Liverpool Street before we went up to the match and these three fellas came in and we had the red and white scarves on and they said there's a fellow after telling us to bleep off out there to what? <laughs> to bleep off oh. when, when he saw them with the colours and I'd say it was probably a Tottenham fan I oh, said right. telling you to get lost anyway we had the best of a crack with them all together and they'd never been to Ireland and I think we've done our bit for Faulty Ireland myself and oh, Joe oh do you think so? oh they'll be here they, they can't wait to get over here now at this mm. stage so they can't and there was Maybe they've run a mile. <laughs> no, no, they were drinking the Guinness. And when I tell you, the pints came up in the pub and they weren't to the top of the glass. Oh, they were. They were the Guinness way, ones. Yes, way short. So Joe went over to the bar lady and ordered four for them and told her three for them and one for himself. Yeah, four. Showed her how to pour the Guinness and leave it <sighs> and then top it up. And he said, that's the way it should be done. Yes. No messing mm-hmm. with us Irish. We put the... I- Bar woman Do you right. remember the price of a pint of Guinness? Seven pounds. Seven pounds sterling. Sterling. Oh, yeah, and it's cheap in in the, in the heart of London. Yeah, I have yeah. to I have to say to you, but we had great crack with them, and they were staying on for the Burnley Arsenal game, which is on Saturday in the Emirates Stadium. But on the way home, Louise, I met a man that I tell you, it was just the most fantastic flight I ever had because. We don't remember taking off. We only remember when we landed. You know that mm. type of conversation? I was in the very back row of the plane, the very back. There was no one on me sitting. This gentleman came in beside me and we just started talking straight away. And he told me he was an Arsenal fan. He was over at the game himself. He's a season ticket holder. He may be listening in today, but he touched base with me. No, he got in contact with me. You'll kill me for saying <laughs> that. This morning already. And I want to say hello to him. Shane Connachton is his name. Shane Connachton. Shane, if you're listening today, what a pleasure it was to meet you. And I'm hoping he's going to join me one day on the show he's a marvellous man so talented 
Oscar winner too, Louise. Oh. Oscar winner, Shane as well. And that's just one string to his bow, but he follows the Arsenal and he did from he was a young lad. And sure, we were deep in conversation about football, politics and everything beside. But please, God, we'll have Shane for the listeners someday on Late Lunch. But anyway, good trip. It's an eventful few days. Eventful. And you know, I love that because meeting people mm. that's the way you do it out and about you know what I mean making the contacts uh, that's the way I love life I really really do anyway more and on about that let's uh, kick off the show today and let me uh, just tell you and context my first guest uh, a few weeks back Bill Byrne and David Beggy joined me on the show because you see Bill is living with Lyme disease and he's in real trouble with it and uh, his friends have all come together in the world of GAA and beyond and they have a big night tomorrow night for him and one of those who's offering his support is the wonderful Connor Nash. Connor, a star of AFL, Australian football, has been home and added his support, as I said, to Bill's big night. Well, just before coming on air today, I caught up with Connor Nash. He's back in Oz at the moment. And I asked him how his association with Bill Byrne came about. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jerry. Um, I suppose I got to know Bill uh, a number of years ago at this stage. Um, through uh, his his son Jack, who would have played uh, you know, underage football with him there in Queensland Gales before they moved out um, out the country, um, he would have been good friends as well with the Conlins, who are a good good Queensland family and, and good good friends of ours. So it's probably through them that I got first introduced to Bill, and and yeah, I, I knew he'd been doing it rough, but didn't know how bad it had been the last number of years. Um, he was he's a very proud man. Uh, is Bill and, and kind of kept things to himself and that and and, and uh, just kind of got on with it. But um, yeah, he has been doing it tough the last number of years with Lyme disease, uh, a really horrible disease. But hopefully he's, he's starting to get a bit of reprieve now with some of the treatment he's had over, over the summer. And um, yeah, look, if we can... Jinxie Beggy's put together this night, this weekend. I think it's a great idea and, and a great cause. So if we can raise a few bob, it'd be, uh, it'd be brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Now, you were home up until recently and you were hoping to be home for the big night itself, but you've been called back to training in Australia with your AFL club, Hawthorne. But you've left something very special behind that you hope will raise some more money for Bill. Yeah, I've left behind a signed uh, match-worn jersey from last year um, with the number 11 on the back. So from one of the games last year... um, one of the it's called the Legends Guarantee um, and yeah I've uh, uh, thrown a signature on the, on the front and the back and, and hopefully it can uh, raise a few quid in the auction um, but uh, yeah one of our games last year is a, a, a war during, during it so um, yeah hopefully hopefully all goes well on the night and uh, a few bob is raised I'm sure it will everybody looking forward to it tomorrow night for Bill Byrne Let's talk about you for a moment because uh, you mentioned Simon Sound Gales there. Of course, you won two senior titles with them in 2016 and again in 2017. You were only a schoolboy at the time, I must mention, 2016. How did the move to AFL Hawthorne in Australia come about? Yeah, it's probably been a long time in the making. I think they first made contact with uh, my father when I was... uh 15 or so um, and they said look we'd like to get in, in touch and, and do some training with him we think he could um, he could make a go of it over here in Australia um, I suppose I started doing a bit of training with them and went over to us um, during my during school holidays and that um, two to three times before actually moving permanently um, but at the beginning they said there was no promises and I myself had was doing alright with, with 
with rugby union back there and that so um, I was trying to keep a few things going and, as well as getting the leaving done which was very important so um, yeah it probably all came came to a head in 2016 when they offered me a contract um, after a trip out here and said look we'd love to have you full time when you turn 18 and, and finish school so that's the that's the path I took and um, eight, well seven years later I'm still here and uh going into my eighth season now um, with, with pre-season starting in a couple of weeks' time. It was slow initially for you when you went out there in terms of making the breakthrough into the first team. Uh, and, of course, you had a serious shoulder injury as well that knocked you back. But the last couple of years, you really have made your mark. What did you play nearly every game bar one and the season just gone? Yeah, uh season just gone, I uh, played every game. And then last year, missed just the one, so... I suppose getting that continuity and, and and belief and confidence from from the senior coach and, and your assistant coaches has been huge for me, um, which has meant that uh, my teammates have much more confidence in, my, in in me getting my job done in the day. So um, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed my last two years. Um, Sam Mitchell has been been the coach those two years. Um, it was a big change a couple of years ago. Um, changing from a forward to, to the midfield but I've, um, I've loved every minute of it so far and it certainly suits me a lot better Midfield you are playing and uh, third in terms of player of the year in the AFL this year that's some accolade Yeah it was uh, third yeah, in, the, in the Hawks player of the year so um, it was quite unexpected um, they do the coaches do votes after every game throughout the year and then have a big do at the end of the year where they add them all up and I come out as the, the third um, third best player of the year so very much unexpected but um, yeah nice nice little reward and recognition individually um, but as a team as collectively we're uh, hoping to improve on the 16th place finish we had last year so um, a young team and, and, and looking to improve a heap now over the summer but uh, yeah there's certainly a lot of upside moving moving towards next year a young team indeed. You're only a whippersnapper yourself, Connor, at 25. But in terms of the AFL, Australian football, the age thing is uh, quite a bit lower than we think, say, about Gaelic football or soccer in this neck of the woods where you can play, look, into your 30s or whatever. Yeah, um, I suppose that's the nature of professional sport. There's always someone younger, faster and fitter coming along each year. So um, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the older guys at 25. Um I suppose our team's, I think, the youngest in the league with an average age of 21 or so, 22. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, certainly a young man's game and it's getting harder and harder each year. But, um, yeah, I'm happy to, happy to keep going for now anyway. Can you compare it for listeners today? Like, we, we understand Gaelic football, we see it, and it is a tough game itself, but... The Australian rules compared to it, is it even tougher still in terms of uh, physical, the physical end of things, you know, the speed required, etc.? Yeah, well, it was such a long game, really. It's it's two hours of play, to be honest. It's uh, four quarters of, of 20 minutes of game time, which runs out to about 30 minutes each quarter uh, with stoppages and that. So most guys um, in the midfield are running anywhere from... Uh, 13 to 16, 17k a game. So it's um, week to week. We when the season starts, we don't actually train that hard during the week because the games are quite taxing at the weekend. 
But uh, yeah, when the twenty years was it twenty two games in the year, um, plus finals if you make them. So come the end of the year, you're certainly hanging out for a break, um, which is why I suppose the preseasons are so hard as well. Um, you have to get that good aerobic base in the summer um, because you can't get any of that work done during the season once it starts. It's it's just all about game time then. What about your personal life out there? What's it like to live out there, to be part of the Australian society, the Australian dream, many people would call it, and so many thousands of Irish have gone out there. How have you been finding it? What do you see out there, you know, beyond uh, the AFL? Yeah, there's certainly a lot of us out here, I'll tell you that much, and, and there's more and more coming each day, really, each week. Um, but it is a very nice lifestyle. I see why a lot of Younger Irish people are coming out here. Um, good opportunities at home as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of the Irish people coming out here are very well educated. They do well out here. They find good jobs. Um, There's a good good way of life. The weather is a good bit better as well. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's the big draw card out here is, is probably the weather and and maybe a bit slower um, pace of life as well. Um, the Aussies are pretty good at taking it easy when they, when they need to, which we sometimes forget to do in, in Ireland and look after ourselves. But um, it is a lovely spot where I am here. Melbourne is um, a bit of everything, very cosmopolitan, uh, big cafe, bar society, um, plenty of sports going on. There's the tennis is here in January, uh, Grand Slam tennis. There's, AFL, there's soccer, rugby union, rugby league. Formula One is here in March as well. So there's plenty going on in, in, in Melbourne and, and certainly in Australia as a whole. And um, It's hard. It's it's certainly easy sorry, to see why a lot of the Irish come out here. Yeah, you paint a beautiful picture indeed and uh, good to hear it as well and that you're enjoying it there. I, I, I know you're back at the books. You're doing a bit of study as well because you're looking beyond football. Does that mean staying there what, what's your plans long term yeah I suppose that's a that's the big question but um, no I've got nosy girlfriend out here Grace have been together a number of years now five years I think um, so pretty settled out here at the moment and look the plan in the medium term anyway is, is to be playing AFL as long as I can if I could get to 30 that'd be a big bonus um, yeah doing commerce on the side as well for Post football, not exactly sure where it'll take me, but um, hopefully I'll have that in the in the bag by the time I finish finish my career. Um, but yeah, certainly wouldn't rule out bringing up putting on the meat jersey again sometime. Um, haven't actually played at the senior level, but left before that had the opportunity to do that. So um, that would certainly be a, a goal of mine at at some stage anyway down the line. Oh, that's really good to hear. I'm sure all Meath fans will be delighted to hear you say those words today. And of course, you have a very close link from Simonstown to the Meath senior team now with uh, Colm O'Rourke in charge. Yeah, would um known Colm for a number of years now. Um, we're the first met him when we went into Pats there as a as a young lad, and uh, obviously yeah, he's been was a coach of mine for the coach of, of six or seven years there. Um, was very fond memories of playing under him in 2016 and 17 in those two Keegan Cups there still some of the brightest days of, of um, my sporting career um, and yeah he's look, they've had a good first season he had a lot of different things he needed to change and wanted to change himself and 
and uh, he's brought a lot of young lads on as well. So I think in a few weeks ago, he says there won't be a huge amount of change this year, but uh, it's more about establishing more of those younger players that have come in and and hopefully they can build on that uh, Talton Cup success going forward. Yes, they are where they should be now and uh, will be competing for the All-Ireland next year. Listen, Connor, thank you for joining me on the eve of Bill Byrne's big night and thank you indeed uh, for what you've done for Bill. I say that on behalf of Bill and his family. I know they're very, very grateful. And good luck to you. Continued success with Hawthorne in Melbourne in the AFL. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks very much for having me, Jerry. Cheers. We watch TV. TV themes. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the late lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, Saturday evenings I'd be hiding behind the sofa I'd never miss it but I'd be half afraid as well when I was a little fella 60 years it's been going please name that TV show that classic TV theme please 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text and I'll send one of you out a lovely gift from me on late lunch this afternoon just to mention St Peter's Male Voice Choir present the magic of Christmas kicking off the Christmas season on Friday the 1st of December in St Peter's Church the headquarters West Street Drogheda Celine Byrne tops the bill oh she's wonderful along with the violinist superb Jennifer Murphy and more special guests besides tickets at €25 Euro, and you can book them or get them through St Peter's Church Shop on West Street in Drogheda. That's the magic of Christmas with St Peter's Male Voice Choir Friday the 1st of December. Now my next guest, well, necessity is the mother of invention as they say and this is certainly the case uh, of uh, Sinead Canny who is the woman behind letswap.ie. What's it all about? We're going to find out now. Welcome to the show Sinead. Thank you very much for having me. Not at all. I say necessity is the mother of invention because this wasn't your area at all. Covid uh, forced your hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I work um, in international education with children. So obviously, once COVID hit and the airlines and everybody was grounded, my business just was nil and void. And um, then I suppose uh, the lockdown highlighted the love of Ireland and the staycations. And we had a fantastic, I have to say, we enjoyed the time together. And we enjoyed the time that um, we had those summers that we just stayed in Ireland. Because I think everybody started realising that there's so many hidden gems in every county. And um, it was just super fun and we were really enjoying it. Um, But then I think in the last 12 months to 18 months, there's a huge lack of affordable um, accommodation for families um, for staycations in Ireland. So I suppose that's where letswap.ie came from because, you know, we're a very outdoors family. So we'd have the the camping gear, we've the kayaks, the bikes, the bodyboards, the wetsuits, the whole lot. And we love adventure. So I was just thinking, wouldn't it be great to swap with like-minded people and we could go there and hang out in their neighbourhood and they'd tell us where to go and somebody could come here to Sligo and do the same. Mm. So that's where letswap.ie came from. It's just, I suppose, a home swapping yes. um, platform for the 32 counties of Ireland. 
I like this. I really like it, I have to say, because you're right. The The cost, uh, the costs have risen, especially in the last couple of years. And it's not easy. There's not a whole selection of accommodation. So can this work? Are, are you talking about, let's say, uh, weekends? If somebody wanted to have a weekend away, did you swap for a weekend? Or does it need to be, say, a week or more? It could be anything. It's completely up to you. Okay. Um, all members are assigned to the terms and conditions. And they agree to those and they just log on, create their platform. And then if you have, we'll say, a wedding that you know is on a weekend in February and it's in Leash or it's in Kildare or it's in Wicklow, just go to that province, go into the county, write to the people in those areas, send them a pri- It's all done privately. Um, and you just send a private message saying, hey, how's it going? Um, Sinead here in Sligo, we need to be in Wicklow for this weekend. Would you consider swapping with us Friday to Sunday? Um, this is what's available in our locality. There's our local bar. It's a three-minute drive. This is the beaches. This is this. And then give them a link maybe to the Hawkswell Theatre or if there's any gigs on in the area or see what their interest is. And um, you just take it from there. Then if they're interested as well, it's great. You just agree on the swap and the terms and conditions and off you go. It sounds too good to be true, to be honest with you. God, it's a total. It really is. But I take it like, obviously, there's, um, you know, a, a level of trust and there has to be a level of, you know, providing your place in a, in a nice fit. I'm not saying you have to have it uh, uh, clean to the degree or take your shoes off at the door. Don't get me started on that one again. No, but you know yeah, what I'm talking have, about? Yeah. yeah, we have the guidelines to successful um, home swapping. So we kind of give it, it's a 24-hour build-up to leaving. So the stuff you can do on, we'll say you're leaving Friday. So on Thursday evening, you do the bathrooms and you'd give the house a good hoover and you can empty all the bins and maybe leave the linen in the room for everyone then Friday morning to change the beds fresh. And then it's just the fridge and any perishable food to get rid of it. And we also, we're working on... um, it's a it's a guide it's a guide to your own personal home, but it's an empty one. We're just we're going to give a template now to all our members to be able to just fill in the codes for the Wi-Fi, the TV, how everything works, so it's easier. And then they can just print it um, themselves and leave it in the house. Trying uh, some members were finding that bit that task a little bit difficult, not knowing what to put in the guide for their home. So we're actually working on a template at the moment, an empty one, so everybody can just fill in their own details, press print, and there's a ready-made guide then to your home. And as I said. Just the codes and the different thing, how everything works and whatnot, and then off you pop. Mm, and what about? I'm just thinking uh, as add-ons. I take it that if a family was interested, let's say in outdoor sports, or they have bicycles or things oh, like we, that. Yeah, we leave the bikes. We leave the bikes, yeah. the locks, the high vis, the helmets here. We've all we've eight bodyboards. We've the wetsuits, the boot. Well, if we're bringing them with us, we leave them here. Um, so yeah, it's great. And even like when we were in Galway for the October weekend. Um, the garden of the house we were swapping in um, had a swing of, on a tree and so I like the crack the kids had outside and even the dog, like Harper, it was a brand new garden for her to explore. So she was having yes. great fun before we went into the city. Um, she got to have a great run around and the kids were out playing with her in the garden um, before, before we hit off for the day. So there's all of that to explore as well, I suppose. And, you know, when you think of this, there are no costs involved. You don't have to, you know, do an Airbnb or rent somewhere or anything like that. It's free. It's a a quid well, pro quo. Hun- yeah, it's €149 Euro to join for yeah. 12 months. And You're, in that 12 yes. months, then, you've unlimited swapping. So we'll see if we're talking about families in particular with school-going children. You have the long weekend in February now. You have a long weekend in March. 
you have two weeks of Easter, including a long weekend. You have the eight weeks in the summer, and then you're back into the October Bank Holiday weekend, and then you have the Christmas markets. Like, you could have six mini breaks. Yes, in that period of you time. Know, and look at that period of time. when you think of it, you know, for a small fee, really, you uh, do the background work or the back office stuff to make sure everything is 100%. That's all done for you. So you know who you're getting involved with. There's a real uh, reassurance there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I see that as well. That That's a big, important part of this. When we were starting this um, and the surveys we did, 83% came back saying they wanted a, they would prefer a completely private platform. So they weren't au fait with um, some of the international home swaps. You can actually go in and put in California and all the houses in California pop up. You can put in, you know, the Riviera. You can put in what area in Italy and you get to see the houses. And they weren't OK with that. They wanted a completely private platform. And another thing that we had to um, articulate within the website was that nobody knows when you're away. That was very important safety concern with yeah. the Irish homeowners. Mm. So they didn't want a public platform where the people were posting um oh, I'm swapping with this house in October and I can't wait. They didn't want their details public. So it's a private chat behind the scenes between the two members and they agree on their dates and times and nobody else can see that. And what about the whole area of insurance? Because I'm sure people would want to know that, you know, when they go there, God forbid anything happened or that, that there's... Yeah, so what happens there is with all home insurance policies, if you you can add on an extra public liability option and it costs about 40 euro for the year extra and then um, the home contents as well and um, we're actually in negotiations with an insurance company i'm trying to get a discounted um uh content insurance for all members and we're yeah we're going to try and collaborate with a couple of irish companies um for perks for all our let swappers Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, well, good good luck to you with that one there. If you get that, that's uh, indeed going to be a, another plus for you. Um, you. You're also tied in with a, a charity and a couple of charities, actually. We are. I suppose um, this is my fifth business. I've always been an entrepreneur and um, something that I think... In, I, I'm not sure yet about the Sligo scene because I'm not long here, but in Galway, um, I always, what I loved about the, the entrepreneurs and the masterminds I was involved with, we always had a social obligation, a duty to care. We were always involved in something, generating money for somebody. And it was something we tried to incorporate into our life schedules as entrepreneurs. So it was really important to me with this business model that I wanted to pay it forward in some way. So the ethos um, behind letswap.ie is, um, so when you're heading off for your weekend, every swap that's agreed, when you get the terms and conditions and your details sent out to you via email from the company, and that this is your agreed swap, there's a buy now button. (laughs) Um, And it's a €20 administration fee, but it doesn't come to letswap.ie. You get to choose which charity. So the three chosen charities this year is the Simon Community, um, they help the homeless people and they get, I think in Galway last year, they put seven people back to university and this year there's 23 people that were living on the streets come back into full-time education this year. Um, so that's the first charity. The second one is domestic violence response. I think everybody became really aware during the lockdown just how much that is an, an issue in Ireland and the numbers for assistance. I think they trebled um, during that time. So they're a fantastic charity that, that do a lot of outreach work and a lot of education work. And then the other one was North Stop West, which is a counselling service here in the northwest of Ireland. 
So if you do find yourself in difficulty and things are really tough, opposed to having to go on to a HSE waiting list, this charity provides immediate, like same week, um, counselling for both adults and children. So there are the three charities this year. So every time there's a swap in Ireland, 40 euro is gone to one of those charities. Well done to you. I so love it. I love that. Mm, it's yeah, a nice I love touch. that. Brilliant. And it's a nice feel-good factor that when yeah. you're hitting off, excited to have a new adventure, that you know that you've helped somebody that's fallen on a hard time. Oh, yes, yes. Really, really good. That's, yeah, that's yeah. super. It is. Anyway, um, I take it you'll be building up uh, the uh, number of people who've availed of this and their testimonials as well to let other people see well, that this works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's only now that it's getting busy. It's great. It's only in the last few weeks, really, um, that it's really taken off. We only launched at the end of August. August and uh, we had a few teeth and problems with the website and feedback from customers was fantastic so they've helped us tweak it to, to, to the way they'd like it and um, at the moment we're running a special offer it's only 49.99 to sign up for 12 months um, and that's available on the website at the moment Good on you. I like it. You're an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit, may I say, indeed Well done to you Sinead I like this Letswap.ie if you want to get swapping yeah, there's only one S in the let's swap. As okay. Well, just to be aware of that. L-E-T-S-W-A-P dot I-E. So don't put the two Thank S's you. in. Just no. one. It won't work for you. <laughs> anyway, Sinead, good luck to you. Thank you for joining me on the show today. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Not Bye. at all. Take care. That's uh, Sinead Canny there from Let's Swap with one S dot I-E. Interesting concept. It really is. Uh, Dermot is coming your way. Dermot Higgins, intrepid adventurer. He'll be with us around about 2.30 on the show. Let's head to a break on late lunch. And afterwards, well, we have our old Friday laugh lined up for you. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. It's the brilliant Joan Rivers this afternoon with your comedy where she's talking about wives, marriage, but first, her own experience of giving birth. I happen to be a grandmother. I was there for my child's birth. Ugh, grand, ugh, ugh. I was there for my child's birth, too. But, but, <laughs> I couldn't find a college kid to carry. It was just... Oh, oh, when you go in now, they have the birth, and you're there, and they bring you in like it's an honor to cut the cord. Ugh, ugh. And they give me the scissors, and I go like that, and the blinds come down. And it's just off. And the nurse, he looks just like you, Miss Rivers. She wants a tip. He's got your nose. You're a f***ing liar. I never had that nose. I was 38 years old. Don't you tell me that. My way was much better. I had a delivery. They knocked me out with the first pain. They woke me up with the hairdresser showed. I knew nothing. Nothing. Miss Rivers, you've had a baby. Oh, good, good, good. Is it healthy? Yes. Good, good. Is it white? Yes. Good! The marriage will continue, because it's all... It's all about making sure you run the roost when you are in the relationship. That's why every single woman in this room, and the three of you in front, learn. Learn what it's about. You marry for money. You're looking for love. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I spit on love. What about, well, I'll have an orgasm. You want an orgasm? You don't have to be in love with the guy. You make him take, you find an old pig. 
You make him take you to a furrier and you say, shall I get the sable or the mink? And he'll say, take both. You'll have an orgasm like you never had. And if you do get married, you marry a man and you're a second wife. Second wives are where it's all at, and you know it and I know it. First wives are stupid. Show me a ring, I'll take you a first wife or a second wife. First wife. First wife. Pathetic. This poor bitch, did you have to get married? Are you a bride from like some foreign country? This was your, your ticket? Must be a second wife. Because first wives, they do, they, they're in love. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Thank you. Thank you for the shitty ring. Thank you for the cloth coat. That's a first wife. Second wife, what the hell is this? This is a joke. You give this piece of shit to your mother, let her wear it swimming face down. That's why every first wife in this room. Think like a second wife, for God's sakes. Grab and take, grab and take, grab and take. And when you die, whatever you got out of him, you have buried on you. If the next bitch wants it, make her dig for it. I make her dig. Make her dig. Miss Joan Rivers, on the, on the money, on the nail, on the edge, of course, as usual. Oh, my God, she was such a brilliant comedian. She really, really was. And her death, she died tragically and suddenly... She went in, I think, for a procedure, small procedure, and uh, it just all went wrong. Anyway, she's left a lot of uh, really good material behind her. Anyway, that's Joan Rivers, your comedy on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. I'm delighted to have my next guest again with me in studio. He's always made an impact every time he was here, and he's back because he's just brought out a new book called He Who Swears at Bears. Dermot Higgins, thank you so much for joining me again on the show. I'm delighted to be here, Jerry. And the reason you've written the book is because uh, you took on this unbelievable adventure called Yes, Yukon, the Yukon Mm. River. Uh, Mm. Tell us about the Yukon River. Did you go from source to sea and what was the journey? Yukon is a huge river. It's the second biggest in the States in in, uh, the Americas, Um, 3,000 kilometres long. And yeah, I was looking for a challenge. I'm always fascinated by rivers and had been fascinated by the Yukon in particular. And yeah, I decided that I was going to take it full length all the way from the source to the sea. Some journey. What in total? How many kilometers or miles? Are you it's been a little longer than three thousand. Two thousand miles, three thousand kilometers. How long did it take you? Um, well, there's an interesting thing because I had um, worked out it was going to take me three months. In actual fact, I did it in less than two. And you know, we'll talk about how that kind of panned out. Mm. Uh, so I did it faster than I had estimated I would, um, and it was just as well as it did because there's only a very short window in which this can be done because of the weather. Um, mo- for most of the year, that area in Canada and Alaska is ice-bound, mm. covered in snow, and it's uh, it, it's impossible to, to exist up there, really. Um, certainly exist out in the outdoors doing what I'm doing. I mean, the, the river is a, it's a river of ice, uh, can't be navigated. Uh, and it only becomes navigable, really, in June. Um uh, even early in June it can, be, it can be difficult it can be ice in the river and then the weather closes in in September um, so you've only got a couple of months uh, to do it I started a little bit late and uh, in the uh, 1st of July um, and I got in just in time because the weather got really really nasty towards the end if I'd been another two weeks out there I wouldn't have been able to finish on your own, not another sinner in the world, you and this wee boat. 
And had you ever done much paddling Well, there's before? an interesting thing because people have been saying to me, uh, there were some interviews around the place that said that I'd never canoed before. And I had canoed, I canoed quite a lot, but I'd never canoed a Canadian canoe. It's a different thing. Uh, although lots of the skills are transferable if you've if you've kayaked and I've kayaked a lot in rivers of Ireland and in Europe a little um, you can transfer the skills um, but uh, most of us and actual fact most of the endurance it's in the head really it's it's, it's not really there's not a huge level of skill involved mm. um, The wilderness is the wilderness there was you and damn all other human beings at times but only yeah. nature and yourself and the river There was yeah it, it, it's it's I wasn't really prepared for the solitude. You know, I, I've been on my own in Ireland and, and through Spain and maybe had a day without, without meeting anyone, but days and days with no people. And, and knowing that there were no people for hundreds of miles, uh, north, south, east or west, that, that's a kind of a scary concept. And um, yeah, it took a bit of getting used to. Um, it wasn't always uh, plain sailing and it wasn't always... Uh, amazing and it wasn't always fantastic sometimes it did feel lonely and it did feel very vulnerable mm. um, but still I got through and uh, there were people eventually and the people I met um, made up the, the fact that there were very few of them they were so hospitable and friendly towards me that it made up for the lack of numbers Had you phone? Had you any did, means yeah. of contact? You know yeah. did people know because you know when you're out there as you say days went by you didn't see anybody and of course you have people back here and people in the world who yeah. do care about you uh, uh, were you able to let them know that well, you were okay? I did have a phone but the, there's no internet signal there's, there's <laughs> no, Not there's, much use No it's not really it? It's not, it's not, it's not really, it's in terms of contacting, no, you're very much on your own. Um, so there are, there are some towns and villages along the way, uh, not very many, particularly towards the end. Um, and when you get into those places, you can get an internet signal. Okay, so you, you let yeah, people yeah, know. I did. So every couple of days, I think the longest I went without ever contacting anyone was a week. Um, but that's a long time mm, to be... Um, it certainly is. Nowadays, when people are so yeah. connected. Uh, the name of the book, of course, comes from, uh, you know, your journey. You wanted to read a little quote from it in particular. Why? Oh, well, yeah, well, well it, it's, it's to do with, I guess, with the, my motivation. There's, there's, uh, there's Jack London, who's a famous writer, um, and he wrote The Call of the Wild. So he, he, he motivated me because uh, I read that book when I was very, very young. And there's also a poet called Robert Service. Now, I didn't really know much about Robert Service until I started to investigate this, but he, he he had he was one of the prospectors who went down the River Yukon looking for gold way back uh, the turn of the last century. And he wrote something like this. He said, this is the law of the Yukon. And ever she makes it plain. Send not your foolish and feeble. Send me your strong and your sane. I love that. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing. So he says he's saying send me, you know, don't don't. It's an unforgiving environment. Mm. And um you you have to be. He said, "Send me your sane people." Now I, I don't regard you. I don't regard myself as being particularly sane. I think it takes a streak of madness to do to do. You know, what possibly. But you know, don't let that quote <laughs> fall on barren ground. Hold it, Dermot, and keep it. That's what possibly. I'm saying to you. But to come back to the book, he who swears at bears. Yeah. I say the name is taken from the journey because this was about a particular incident where a black bear and you came into contact. Well, yeah, that, that that's kind of become the highlight of the thing, and it was it was a thing. But the, the yes, can I just go? 
back to Yes You Can yes. before we take on the bear because there's more the, the, the Yukon is the river but it's it's Yes You Can as well and yes. the whole the, 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 the kind of the slogan that, go, that goes with it is I can, you can, we can Yes So it's it, it, it's as you know I'm not an athlete I mean he doesn't take it people can't see me but <laughs> I'm a big guy um, and um, you know I wasn't particularly prepared for it but, but I did it and my message is that, that you know everybody can do something and not, not everyone's going to want to paddle down a river but people can take on challenges in the great outdoors and accomplish great things and the point I'm making is that it's very good for your mental health yes that's it and um, I know that's a message you uh, want to hammer home I and, do, and, do, and do, you're yes. a real advocate for that yeah. come back to the bear what happened the bear the bear that was a really really scary incident I probably think it was the most the scariest thing that ever happened to me in my life ever and I hope nothing as scary will ever happen again um, do you know what it was seven that was only seven days into the trip um, I was on my own but there were people around as in I'd met people that day um, and I was sleeping on my own in a camp a little place called when I say a camp it was just me um, with my tent at Selwyn Station um, and I was fast asleep uh, it was 6.30 you've had uh, 24 hours of daylight so I went to sleep anyway and I woke up it was, it was, it, no, I woke up when something hit me so the bear actually had made contact with me um, at 6.30am and I didn't know it was a bear initially I thought there was actually people were messing and you know acting the idiot because um, I'd met some people earlier in the day and I hadn't seen a bear hadn't seen, not only had I not seen a bear I hadn't even um, seen a bear print or bear there's bear poo that you see the, the, you know signs other people had and I was kind of feeling a little bit jealous of, and then you know I, I was one, I looked out the little mesh so I'd been sleeping in the tent uh, with only the um, under part of it so I could actually look through and I looked and the bear was as close as I am to you Jerry was within two metres of me big big black mama bear with her cub um, and oh, it, it was the most it was the most <laughs> scary frightening sight you know that I it was my worst nightmare imagined you know and, and, and the thing is that when most immediately the, the thing about black bears and grizzly bears and with, with the grizzly bear you're supposed to make yourself small and lie down um, yeah, brown, lie down, black, fight back. Um, yeah, well, it's just me. I have no weapons, you know. And normally a black bear, you know, bears in general are scared of people. Mm. And normally they even they see you or smell you, they run away. This bear didn't. This bear didn't run away at all. He just stopped and looked at me or she stopped and looked at me for a while. Now, I had a tin whistle. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd done everything right. I had no food in the tent. And I had, you know, I had an ordinary whistle and I had a little bell. And I also had a tin whistle. And I played the tin whistle loud, loud, really, really loud. And I'm not very good at the tin whistle. And, but, and I assumed that was the bear would go. Would, and I was very scared, but I still played it. But the bear didn't appreciate my... my, my <laughs> it made him really angry, in fact. And the bear started to circle around the tent, really menacing, around the tent. To it, and I could see at a 360 degree, I was, you know, I was... And then there was a picnic table beside um, where I was camping, about two metres away. Bear jumped up at the picnic table and growled really menacingly and charged at me. And, you know, I, I, at that point, I thought it was all over. I took a photograph just before the bear charged. I took a photograph genuinely thinking it was the last photograph I was ever going to take. So that at least if people found me, they'd know what it was that had happened. So... You're here today, alive. You are real. I can touch you. He's in the studio. What happened? I had bear spray with me. That's the last. And I I hadn't intended to take bear spray. Um, I, I never thought anything like this would happen. Not to say I was invincible, but somebody in Whitehorse where I'd started had said, well, you know, your last line of defence, if you're not going to carry a gun, is, and people do carry guns, um, 
is to carry bear spray. So bear spray is kind of a pepper spray. It's not like a mace kind of a thing. Um, uh, and it comes in a canister. And I for, and, and for the past two or three nights before that incident, the bear spray was down in the, in the, in the, on the boat, which was uh, 100 metres away from, from where I was sleeping. But this night, A, I was lucky in that I could see out and I, I could spray through the mesh of the tent. Mm. And B, I had the bear spray with me. So the bear, when the bear, I could smell the bear coming towards me. I could sm- actually smell his breath and smell the kind of a body it's kind of a uh, scent scent glands kind of a musky animal smell um, and just when he was the optimum distance a metre and a half I deployed the spray and it went big loud noise it wasn't prepared for the noise big loud noise big big jet, jet of orange kind of like smoke um, and what, what I all I remember is that it coming back at me because the the the, the, the um, when it hit the mesh of the tent a lot of it came, a lot, more than half, I'd say, came back to me. But a lot of it went through the bear, obviously, as well, because I, I, I kind of shook around a little bit and I could see the bear kind of shaking his head and the bear or her head and stopped. And then I can't remember anything because I, I felt unconscious then. But it worked. <laughs> the bear scarpered and you lived to tell the story. Let's I take did. a short break on late lunch. Isn't he unbelievable, <laughs> this man? Intrepid adventurer oh. par excellence is with me on the show today. Dermot Higgins, back in a moment. Adventurer Dermot Higgins is with me on the show and we're talking about his remarkable adventure on the Yukon, which happened uh, this summer just past. Besides the wildlife that you've talked about and the being lonely and not meeting anybody, people did play a huge part mm. in this and in particularly uh, a family that were going through an awful tragedy when you encountered yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, it was a very, very difficult story. I, 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 huge generosity from the Athabascan, they'd be the Native American people, and then the Yupiks further to the north, the, the, traditionally the Eskimo people, I guess. Um, I, huge assistance from those people. I mean, I don't, there's no way I would have been able to do the trip without them. There are other guys doing the trip, younger, fitter, healthier guys, who didn't succeed, mostly because they didn't accept the assistance that was available to them, in my opinion. How and ever. Um, one particular family. So I, I arrived in this village called Marshall. Uh, it was only 200, 250 kilometres from the end. It was very close to, the, to, to finishing the thing. Um, but I was weather bound there for a week and this family looked after me really, really well. Uh, but the thing is, a terrible tragedy had befallen this family. Um, their daughter had disappeared in very mysterious circumstances and um, their body had been found and she'd only just been buried. I arrived on a Monday and her funeral had taken place on the Friday. But despite that fact, they took me in, took me under the wing and looked after me really, 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 really well. Um, and I was able to help them because uh, the, the the story had gone cold and because they publicised their story when I got back to Anchorage, a murder investigation was launched and um, the, sto- the, the case is now live again, which is um, fantastic right. news for that family. Wasn't that sad? Oh, it was terribly sad, but that, that happens a lot. It, 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 there's, there's a big background, indigenous um, ladies disappearing um, in, in, in Alaska um, and there's, it's quite a controversial issue there at the minute. Mm. When you were there, just something I picked out this cure for a toothache was that with that family <laughs> certainly was yeah this woman Elizabeth uh, Hickman was her name um, and she was a fantastic one the matriarch of the village was her daughter that had disappeared and uh, so she was a kind of a herbalist she's a fantastic cook um, and she'd all kind of, I, I had a toothache and there's no way there's nothing like I didn't have any medicine or anything there's no there's no clinic in this tiny little place and she just pulled something down from the ceiling drying there all kinds of herby things and um she said, try this, and she ground something out. And I looked at it afterwards. It looked like two little sacks. And it worked. It worked very, very well. It was kind of a kind of a strong medicine, like, like Bongella, that kind of a taste from it. But in actual fact, it was made from the scent glands of the beaver. 
That's what it was made from. So it was ground up kind of a powder and um, you stuffed it into the area of your tooth that, that was and, and it alleviated the pain. And it worked the argument. It did work, yeah. yeah. natural But she was an amazing there. woman. Um, they are. And I dedicated the book to Kimberly, uh, to the, the, the girl who was the allegedly murdered. Yeah, oh, that's really nice of you to do that. Um, when you're out there and you're food, what about food? And yeah, you mentioned the yeah. tent and that as well. How yeah, did you feed I, I yourself? Brought, I brought a lot of food with me. I bought it in White Horse, mostly um, tinned food and dehydrated food, which I didn't particularly like. Um, but that's all that really was available. There was very little fresh fruit and vegetables available the whole way through and I relied on that but actually towards the end well I, I fished also caught plenty of fish yeah grayling good on um, you yeah this, it's illegal to catch salmon uh, but I, I caught plenty of fish and that gave me lots of protein um, and then towards the end again um, when I began to rely on the generosity of the people I ate a lot of things like moose um, people there eat moose all the time um, and salmon, dried salmon in various forms, all kinds of weird and wonderful things. So uh, I ended up, while well, I carried almost 100 kilograms of food, I brought that with me in the boat. Um, I ended up not using, I gave that away at the end, most of it. Uh, I, I had more than 50 kilograms left at the end because I got food from locals mm. and because I was able to fish. That's really nice. What did you use to catch the grain? Oh, I had a proper fishing, fishing outfit rod, and yeah. everything. And you had, I had to have a fishing licence. They take that yes. very, very seriously. Oh, they do. And yeah, if, if you yeah. contravene those yeah, rules, yeah, yeah. you're in big trouble I, over there. No, you know that. that. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, no, no, I, I took that seriously and I bought my fishing licence in White Horse. No. I bought another one in circle then when I got um, there. Is it true that in the final leg you had broken ribs yeah. and uh, the boat was in rag order? There's no yeah. way you used. Were, everything was in rag order. Did you use? Did you use chewing? I gum did, to fix but the boat? it was sink or swim. <laughs> sink or swim, uh, because you know I only had a tiny little window of opportunity on the last few days to get in because the weather was closing on me, and I had a pole in the boat um, that D- David Marshall, the, the husband of this very very kind lady, had patched up for me, uh, but it wasn't holding. And the only way uh, I could manage was to chew some gum, stick it into the hole, and that. But I had to bail like hell. You got it. Anyway, but, but my book, my book is yes. ready to go. The launch is when? Launch is next week. It's in um, Scaries. We, we have three launch events. I've won in Scaries on the thirteenth of November. Where is that? Um, that's in Joe May's pub. Okay, Joe May's pub. Fourteenth of November in the Strand Bar in Rush, and then in Pieta's headquarters. Um, that's um, the sixteenth. That's on Thursday at seven p.m. You are a busy man, and oh. Pieta House is close <laughs> to your house. We and all proceeds them. go to Pieta. Nothing to me at all. Everything is going to Pieta. It's a fantastic book. Get a hold of it. Enjoy this adventure. Here's it bears. Yeah, go and read it. It'll give you a laugh. We've got to talk again. We have to. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's My been pleasure, a real Jake. pleasure again. Thanks My for pleasure. coming in, Dermot Higgins. Yeah. Now, heading up to news, weather and sport at three o'clock. Have to say a big happy birthday to my grandson. Harry Kelly, he's two tomorrow and that comes in from his dad, Jared, mum, Shauna, sister, Pippa, his cousins, Ben, Ava and Olivia and the Kelly and the Kerwin families. Have a great day, Harry. We're looking forward to it. This one's just for you, little man.
Let's have another listen to our TV theme. Yes, Doctor Who, Doctor Who it is, celebrating its 60th anniversary right now with three special episodes with David Tennant returning as Doctor Number 14. Oh, do I remember it. We are the Daleks, we will exterminate you. I'll never forget it, the Cybermen. Oh my, oh my, the fright, the scares. Anyway, well done this afternoon to Mary Johnson. You win our Friday prize on Late Lunch and thanks to everybody who got in touch with the right answer. Also going along with three friends to the Arc Cinema next Wednesday, the 15th of November to see a special screening of The Marvels. Our Elvin Marie and Peter Moore are going along. Four tickets to each of you and we'll be in touch to make the arrangements. Now it's that time on Late Lunch to do this. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this very week in 1981. And this song actually was released years and years earlier. In fact, in 1963 by American singer-songwriter Leslie Gore. And she had a hit with it back then, but not as big as the 1981 version by Dave Stewart and Barbara Gaskin. Yes, it's our number one in top five this uh, week on Late Lunch from 1981. It's my party. Our number one from this week in 1981, Dave Stewart and Barbara Gaskin, It's My Party. A cover version, but a very successful one. Four weeks at number one in the UK. And that concludes our top five for this week on Late Lunch. Another one for you beginning on Monday. Next, final break of the day on the show and afterwards, it is our man with sport, David Sheehan. Relatively quiet weekend on the uh, sporting front from our perspective. David Sheehan is standing by. There's only one standout game, David, in the Premier League. The uh, League of Ireland in abeyance now. I know the playoff is tonight, but Chelsea against Manchester City. By God, they come out of some match on Monday. Chelsea against Spurs. Yeah, an incredible game on, on Monday night. I don't think um, I don't think anyone could have expected to hap- what, what happened to happen in that game. And, you know, what was interesting watching it was... Chelsea took a little bit of time to figure out what to do against nine men, which was a little bit of a strange one. I saw someone posting on on Tuesday that it was the first time they'd known a team that were, was beaten four one to come out of a match with more credit than the team that won. So it was um, it was very interesting in terms of what Spurs did. It was a very unusual move that 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 uh, Postecoglou pulled out in terms of pushing everybody up to the halfway line and. You know, it took Chelsea probably 15, 20 minutes or so maybe to, to figure that out. Um, they got there in the end, obviously, as, as you would have expected them to against two men fewer than they had themselves. So they got that win. They, they badly needed a win of any description, really. But, you know, it's, what, three wins in their last five. So maybe things are on the up. They're still in 10th place in the table. I mean, against any other opposition, maybe you'd say they'd have a chance. But it's it's always very hard to bet against Manchester City, Jerry, isn't it? They're mm. just so dominant and... 
they've so many options. We know they have a few injuries and whatnot, but they just always seem to be able to cover them. And uh, he's pulled in a couple of other big signings during the summer as well, Pep Guardiola. It's not like he's he's shopping with Kevin Doherty's budget or anything like that, but he was able to bring in a couple of big names there. You know, although that's going to improve, we know. But um, yeah, so uh, so look, I, I'd certainly fancy Manchester City to win that one. It'll be interesting to see, though, what Chelsea, how they perform and what sort of a performance yeah. they put in in that game. You know, in front of their in front of their home fans, they'll be obviously hoping to put on a bit of a show. But you know, the way they've been going, you could see it getting a little bit ugly for them if they don't if they don't turn up again. And and Pochettino certainly struggled, but. You know, you'd fancy City to win that one. I, I think they'll win that one reasonably comfortably, to be honest. Mm. A draw, everyone else would be delighted with it, even could, if Chelsea could manage that. But you're right, City looks so strong. They are the team to beat again this year. Let's uh, uh, look on the local front this weekend. Slim pickings, but the Leinster Club Hurling Championship. Kildaki first. Yeah, Kildaki in action tomorrow afternoon. I'll be in at that one myself against Claudia Gales from, from Offaly, who, who, interestingly, is a little bit similar to to what happened in Meath with Kildaki winning the senior, intermediate and junior. Claudia Gales were actually beaten in the intermediate final in in Offaly. So they were beaten by a Kilcormac Lahey's second team, who incidentally, I was reading this morning, might actually be allowed to compete in the senior next year. So they could have two senior teams next <laughs> year in the one championship, which would be strange. But yeah, so Kildaki have that one tomorrow against, against the Offaly uh, runners-up, who I'm also uh, reliably informed had a couple of key men suspended for that final and they'll be back for the game tomorrow. But you know yourself, Jerry, when you've lost the final, we saw it with Navin O'Mahony's as well in, in going into Leinster, and they were beaten by the team actually that, that St. Feckins are playing. We'll get to that in a second. But it's it's kind of how do you really approach a game? You've lost the final. Are you really up for for a Leinster campaign now, given that by rights you shouldn't be in there? So I'm not sure how they're going to approach it. They might take it as, you know, a little bit of a bonus, but and again, these competitions are always very difficult to predict. But I would expect, uh, I would expect Kildaki to come through that one. I don't think it'll be, it'll be easy. These games never are. And we've had a decent enough week weather-wise, so the pitch should be in good condition in Park Halton as it usually is. So, yeah, I think Kildaki will come through that one. We saw Trim going down to um, Kilkenny last year and beating the Kilkenny champions in the same competition. So, I think the Mead, the Mead uh, champions generally do okay in that intermediate. And I think Kildaki should have enough because, again, as I said. It's hard to know how, how Claudio Gales will approach that uh, that game, having lost the final a couple of weeks ago. So I think Kildaki will get through that one, but uh, let's wait and see. I'll be As I said, I'll be in there myself, live coverage online for that one. Good, and the Feckins? Yeah, the Feckins playing league slip, who beat Navin O'Mahony's, as I said, they're out the gate uh, in the opening round. So uh, it's going to be a tricky one. They're the senior B champions in in uh, Kildare league slip. Um, you know, home advantage for, for the Feckins. And I suppose, Jerry, you know, a lot in the news this week, as we read about the... Uh, the proposed changes to the, the structures in the All-Ireland uh, or in the, the so-called lesser competitions in Hurling where counties that have fewer than five clubs will be restricted to the Larry Marr, uh, won't be competing in a National League. So the Feckins might have a little bit of sort of a, a side motivation to go out and, and, and prove a point tomorrow in terms of loud hurling in general and, and its position in the grander scheme. So it's, it's going to be a tough one for them. If the game against the Mahoney is out to go by 317 to 11, was a big win. So... I think the Feckins might just uh, struggle a little bit tomorrow, but again, who can tell? And again, that game is online for anyone who wants to hear it too. Absolutely. David, slim pickings this week. There'll be more next week for sure. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us on the show. Really do appreciate it. No problem, Jerry. Take care of yourself. David Sheehan, presenter of Sunday Sport, who'll be at that Kildaki game tomorrow here on LMFM Radio. That's it for another week on the show. Big thank you to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. To all our guests during the week, to Deirdre Hurley for sitting in for me for the last couple of days. And to all of you, our listeners, who join us every day. Thanks indeed for your company. Hope you all have a lovely weekend. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. And we leave you today, yes, with the Beatles. Their song, Now and Then. We heard a clip of it earlier in the week here on Late Lunch. 
it's uh, number one. Yes, it had to be, hadn't it? The Beatles, after all these years, here it is just for you to finish the week. Enjoy. They're back, the Beatles. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 